Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. The city of Hamilton is planning for a rush of residents who want COVID-19 booster shots. We have the latest in Hamilton's soil dumping scandal. Are you losing sleep because of your finances? Bruce Springsteen has sold his entire catalog to Sony Music for a big chunk of change. Paul and Shona join me on the Good Morning Hamilton roundtable, and it's a big night for the Hamilton Bulldogs. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. And so it could be a very, very, very significant hit on the health uh, of Ontarians and on the healthcare system. Uh, and it could be, uh, as you know, I said in my presentation, it could be the worst wave of the pandemic yet. That is Ontario's COVID-19 Science Advisory Table co-chair Dr. Adelstein Brown saying an accelerated booster campaign doesn't go far enough to keep the hospital system from becoming overwhelmed by Omicron. Certainly ominous news from the co-chair of the Science Advisory Table. Here to chat about what's happening locally is Dr. Elizabeth Richardson, the Medical Officer of Health with the City of Hamilton. And Dr. Richardson joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Dr. Richardson. Good morning, Greg. Um, Troubling to hear Dr. Brown uh, relay some of the modeling numbers yesterday. Your reaction to what you heard? Yeah, it's definitely difficult to hear that that we're facing another very difficult wave, perhaps the most difficult wave that we've faced yet. But I think what Dr. Sandy Brown was talking about is very much uh, what we do face. Certainly our modeling in Hamilton, when we look at it, tells very similar stories in terms of uh, the impacts that we can see. Uh, that might be down the road, and so we're very concerned about where we're going. Uh, is Hamilton ready for this latest, perhaps biggest wave? Well, I think ready is an, an interesting question. I think what we need to do is all do what we can to respond to this coming wave. And certainly, as we've done before, we know that uh, that lies in two particular measures that can have an impact. That's vaccination and that's public health measures. And so each of us taking those measures is very important. We are uh, expanding our vaccination capacity, and so we've already gone from almost uh, 2,500 to 4,700 over the course of this week, almost a doubling, and we're looking to increase that further. So we're working very hard with the health system partners. I can tell you we're exploring almost uh, every possibility we can think of uh, to increase those numbers, but we have 320,000 people now eligible for the vaccine come Monday, and so that's going to be very difficult for us to do as we go forward. Um, in a timely way, we'll get it done, but it's going to take weeks to months. It's not going to happen between now and the uh, and the holidays that uh, that start in a week. So those public health measures become all the more important. And whether we're talking about just the simple ones of wearing a mask whenever you're indoors, um, we're asking workplaces to have people work from home as much as possible. Uh, talking about social gatherings and thinking about those gatherings and reducing our contacts. You heard from Stanley Brown. That's the most important part, reduce the number of contacts that we have. So that means around social gatherings, that means keeping six feet apart. So all of those things are very important to do. You mentioned it's going to be difficult to uh, you know, inoculate another 320,000 Hamiltonians who are eligible come Monday. Is that because there's not enough supply right out of the gate or just not enough hours in a day? That's really because there's not enough hours in a day. And in terms of the number of people particularly to do that, you know, we have a health system that's very much under stress. Um, we know that we've seen code zeros, for example, in our in our community this past uh, week or so. We know that our health human resources in the hospitals are very stretched. I think you've heard that from Hamilton Health Sciences and St. Joseph's Hospital in terms of the number of people who are in hospital already now. And uh, and just the degree to which all of our health human resources have been very much stressed and are now very much burnt out. 
uh, as a result of what we've experienced. And so those are particularly um, important factors. You've seen the city now. We've closed down a number of uh, programs uh, effective tomorrow in order to support this, um, whether that's museums, recreation centers, senior centers. They did do it in a way that targeted some of those settings that were at most concern to us in terms of uh, the contacts and keeping contacts down. And so we're working uh, very hard to get people um, out to do this work, but it is uh, a challenging job that uh, just can't be done in days to weeks. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Dr. Elizabeth Richardson, Medical Officer of Health with the City of Hamilton. We certainly appreciate your time, Dr. Richardson. We know it's a busy uh, last few days. Uh, from a just a, a pure, you know, medical officer of health perspective, you know, we were here a year ago without a vaccine and we had to change our holiday plans. And now we're here a year later with a new variant and having to change our plans. Is it frustrating being in your position, knowing what you know and what we could find out in the next few weeks or months? Rick, you know, it's it's not so much frustrating as, you know, we just realize the seriousness of it and, you know, realize that we have done what we needed to do as a community to respond to the situation in the past, and we're going to need to do that again. And so very much trusting in, you know, all of our partners to do all the work that they can do to help our community through vaccination, through uh, healthcare supports, but it is ultimately the community that needs to make the changes um, so that we can can reduce the spread of this. Ultimately, it is going to spread, but the time over which it does that can be changed. And so that's why the public health measures are are so very important to protect those who are most at risk. And again, those are people over the age of 50. Those are people who are immunocompromised. You've heard Dr. Moore earlier this week advise them to stay at home, not go to social gatherings if they were uh, people who were um, elderly, who were uh, on cancer treatment. Um, and it is uh, very much to protect our healthcare system. And remembering our healthcare system isn't just there for those who have COVID, whether they're hospitalized or in the ICU. It's for all of us. It's for those who may have a stroke, who may have a heart attack, who may uh, suffer the consequences of a traffic collision. Um, it is all of those things that that healthcare system is there to support, and it can only do that if we don't end up with severe cases of COVID in the ICU and in the hospital. There was some frustration among uh, people who lined up at Dundurn Castle for the provincial government's GOVAX bus clinic, which ran out of supplies and booster shots fairly quickly. Uh, I guess we can just uh, you know plead for patience. Is that the way to go? Well, I think the uh, province very much with their testing program is looking to get uh, the, the rapid antigen tests out there as much as they possibly can. But again, they're faced with a situation where they're trying to, to do that as quickly as possible. And so, yes, patience is going to be important. Kindness is going to be, continue to be very, very important as we go forward, being very thoughtful of our own situation with our family, but also very thoughtful about what uh, the situation is for the community as a whole. I know uh, testing, or at least um, um, vaccinations, are going to be ramped up at the Centre on Barton and Lime Ridge Mall as well. Are there any plans to reopen the mass vaccine site at First Ontario Centre, or is it better to have other little you know, pockets in the community offering shots? So there are plans to expand up at, at the Centre on Barton as well as at Lyme Ridge, and, and we've already done that with the, uh, the existing staff that are there, and uh, and so we've managed to go from that 2,500 to the 4,700 that we talked about. Um, we'll continue to look at expanding those further. We're also um, looking to have uh, Refuge uh, join us in giving uh, additional shots. We know that continuing to focus on communities that are most at risk is very important, so you'll see our mobile 
clinics continue because they've been uh, very important at getting out vaccines to those who are at least able to access them. You'll see as well um, our Shelter Health Network colleagues uh, continuing to work with shelters and our residential care facilities to deliver boosters there and our EMS colleagues working with those that are homebound. Um, our hospital colleagues are, are also uh, looking, are expanding our St. Joe's and HHS colleagues. So everybody is, uh, is doing what we can, including our primary care clinics, uh, to expand uh, as well. So those are all going on, and we're continuing to look at what else might be possible. Um, it comes down basically to, as I said earlier, the number of people available to us to do the vaccinations. And, and to support uh, those systems. And so we're looking at what ways we can maximize the number of people we can vaccinate with those resources that we have available um, and, and go forward from there. So you'll see further expansions over the coming day. That's great to hear. Dr. Richardson, thanks for your time. Thank you for keeping the community informed as well. I don't envy you in your position. Uh, you got a lot of heavy lifting uh, from here until, well, who knows when this pandemic is over. But appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year as well. Thank you, Rick, and to you as well. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. This decision respecting the employees was made in consultation with the city auditor and the executive director of Human Resources, who have both agreed that there's no reason to keep these employees on paid leave any longer. And just as our commitment to the investigation shows how seriously we've taken the allegations, I'd suggest that our decision to bring the employees back shows our confidence in the information we have received. That is Jason Thorne, the General Manager of Planning and Economic Development with the City of Hamilton, reflecting on a third-party investigation that has found there was no evidence to back up allegations that Hamilton City employees were involved with a mob-linked soil dumping conspiracy. This is Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. This is a very convoluted and uh, at times confusing story because there's so many angles and tentacles to it. Uh, here to help us along is Charles Brown. He's the city auditor with the city of Hamilton and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Uh, so at the end of the day, we have learned that uh, the city said that the uh, third-party probe found no indication that contaminated soil from the Woodward and Governor's Road Public Works projects was improperly disposed uh, at Waterdown Gardens, and that um, this investigation also clears two employees who will now be reinstated. This is uh, th- this is a wild one. There's a lot of, uh, as I said, different tentacles to it. How difficult is it going through this process? Uh, well, you can judge that by the, the length of time it took. It took us uh, 10 months to do the investigation. It was very extensive and exhaustive. Um, you know, we, we hired a a firm with a global reputation of doing high-profile investigations in situations like this. There was a team of up to six people at any given time on it, um, and it was a considerable cost to the city. So uh, I, th- I think that speaks for itself, speaks volumes about the the amount of work that it took and the extent to which uh, we went to, to see if there was any uh, merit to the allegations. Uh, in saying that, there's still some unanswered questions, including how 24,000 loads of dirt was dumped at this site for two years without anybody really reporting it. Um, are, are we going to get an answer to that question sometime soon? I can't predict when you'd get the, specifically the answer to those types of questions. It's, as you say, it's pretty. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to the story. Um, you know, you've got uh, Ministry of Environment, Conservation, and Parks in, involvement as well. Um, 
as well as the city. So there's 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 so many things going on in this area. I can't I can't really say when when the information would come out or what it would be. Who is going to be responsible for cleaning up the site? Well, you're asking the the investigators questions that are <laughs> not really relevant to the investigation. Fortunately, I don't have to decide the decide those issues. I'm sure that's a legal question. Yeah. Is there, um, was there a downfall in process and procedure from, you know, a city and a contractor perspective? Did, were they just not communicating and, and this is what we are, are left with? Uh, we didn't find any, uh, we didn't find any systemic issues, if that's what you're getting at in terms of, of process. There's, there's a, what we call a, uh, an audit trail for, for all these transactions of loads being carried and dumped and so forth. And it's, it seemed to be pretty rigorous. In fact, that's what we relied on. So what happens next, Charles? Uh, well, insofar as uh, our work is concerned, we've concluded our work. Um, uh, as you know, we, we, uh, we do a number of investigations every year, and we reported on that just, I think, a few weeks ago I was on this show talking about the fraud and waste report um and uh, uh you know this is this was one of the ones mentioned we hadn't quite concluded it so uh that's why we had to come forward a bit later uh two um city workers who were on paid leave uh were named in the lawsuit filed against the city back in January so they have been reinstated correct uh i believe so i don't get too much involved in that side of it the hr and the management people look after that Okay. Has this story put the city in a bad light? Can you comment on that? Um, I can't really comment on that. You know, the investigation, uh, we do a number of investigations. Of, you know, and this one uh, turned out to be the case that uh, uh, we did not find uh, evidence of any malfeasance on the part of uh, employees or, or um, any evidence of uh, poor oversight of, uh, of the city, so... We Char- just call them as we see them. Yeah, no, Charles, I appreciate the time. I understand you can't say much because there's still an ongoing investigation, but I do appreciate the, your time. Enjoy your day and your weekend as well. All right, you too. Thanks very much. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Are you up at night worrying about money? Uh, you're probably not alone. According to Scotiabank's third annual worry poll, three quarters of Canadians are losing sleep over their finances. Shouldn't be surprised by that. Paul Anadiak is a licensed insolvency trustee at BDO Debt Solutions and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Morning, Rick. I'm doing great. It's Friday. It's the end of the work week. I know my daughter's just heading out for her final day of school before the holiday break. So, you know, we're heading into a week with a positive atmosphere, but, you know, we're seeing the Scotiabank numbers here, and that's what we're here to talk about, and that's the most concerning part about uh, today. Yeah, 75% of Canadians worried about their finances. We shouldn't be surprised by this. Uh, How concerning is this? Well, it's very concerning. You know, Scotiabank poll is sounding alarm about the financial concerns of Canadians. We've been talking about it all year, but this survey really hits home. The survey, as you mentioned, shows that 75% of Canadians are worried about their finance. On average, Canadians are worrying about their finances 10 hours a week. Here in Ontario, it's nine hours a week. Now, if you add that up for the entire year, that's three weeks a year. That's up 25% from 2020. So that is a shocking number there. Also, 
It's showing that one-third of Canadians are so worried that it's keeping them up at night. They are losing sleep. That is also very shocking, and that's concerning when it comes to someone's personal finances because sleep is so very important with every aspect of our life. Are, are they just worried about money they don't have? Is it debt? What are, what are Canadians worrying about? Well, 19% are worried about growing or protecting their investments. So now that's very important, especially for uh, those that are getting ready for retirement or already in retirement. Uh, being able to pay day-to-day expenses, that's at 15%. That's a concerning number there. Paying off debt, 13%. Contributing to their RSP plan for futures, that's 12%. Now, personal finance ranks fourth on the list of Canadians that are the most stressed about. Only behind rising costs of living, that 52%, which we know because we hear the inflation word all the time now, and their physical health at 45%. Survey also shows that owning a home, or at least trying to get into the housing market, is a big concern as well. It is a big concern, and this is something that my wife and I talk about all the time. I talk about my daughter going to school, but we have two teenagers, and we talk about what are they going to do all the time because we see the housing prices. And we're seeing it because younger Canadians between the ages of 18 to 34 are worrying the most, and that's really about 12 hours a week on, you know, what are they going to be doing? Also, Gen Xers. 11 hours a week, and boomers, they're behind at six hours a week. And boomers are worried about, well, still taking care of their kids, many who are off to post-secondary institutions, or they're worried about their retirement as well. Exactly. They got the double worry because, you know, again, I, I'm not a, a boomer, but uh, as a Gen Xer, I'm worried about my Canadians. But then the boomers are also worried about almost uh, two different generations. They are worried about their kids and their grandkids. So there's a lot of worrying and concern, especially, you know, when it comes to this time of year, holidays. You have to remember, the boomers have really suffered during COVID, especially the ones that weren't able to see their family. Their kids are growing, their grandkids. And so there's a lot of worrying on their mind. We're chatting with Paul Anadiak, licensed insolvency trustee at BDO Debt Solutions, about Scotiabank's third annual worry poll, which is keeping a lot of Canadians up at night, worrying about their financial situation. For listeners out there who can relate, and I'm sure most, if not all, can, what advice do you have for them? Well, first of all, speak to a a professional, such as a licensed insolvency trustee. You know, one of the concerning stats is that two-thirds who are worrying have not worked with a financial advisor over the past year. And you and I have talked many times about the importance of this. It's something that everyone should sit down at some point because knowledge is key. The more you know about your finances, the less you'll be worried about it. Of course, there's always going to be those times that you're going to be worried about something. You're going to lose sleep. But sleep, as I mentioned earlier, is the most important part. So if you can speak to a professional, now is the time to do it. At BDO, one thing we do is we give people the peace of mind so that if they don't have to take action right now regarding their finances, down the road if an emergency happens, they know where to turn to, they know what to do, and then they won't feel as overwhelmed. Got about a uh, minute left to go here. We are going to have a new year in a couple of weeks. That means a fresh start for many, and it could be a fresh financial start as well. What should people be doing? Well, again, look at your financial situation. Get a 2022 plan in place right now. Don't wait until January because we know when New Year's resolutions, they tend to break within really the first eight weeks. So don't start January saying, I'm going to tackle my finances and not know where to go. We still have a few weeks, so it's time that you can start looking at the different options. 
So when New Year starts, you're going to be able to get a plan in place and you're going to be comfortable with that plan and you're going to keep that resolution this year. There's going to be a ton more information tomorrow with Paul and I on Ask the Experts with BDO Debt Solutions on 900 CHML. Tune in tomorrow at 11 and we'll have more tips and advice for you. At least Paul will. I, I'll just be a useless plug, but Paul will have all the information that you need. Paul, appreciate the time this morning and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Talk to you tomorrow, Rick. Thank you. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Big news from the entertainment slash music scene revolving around Bruce Springsteen. He has uh, apparently decided to sell his entire catalog of music, which is a lot of songs, to Sony Music for half a billion dollars, according to Billboard. Alan Cross is the host of the ongoing history of new music and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Lots of people asking about this particular situation. Wow, this is a lot of money. What do you make of it? Well, what I have understood... Okay, this is, let's talk about how they evaluate what these catalogs are yeah. worth. They look at the average revenue each year, and then they apply a multiple to that revenue. And then once they agree on a multiple, that becomes the selling price. What I've heard is that the multiple that they agreed to is 30x so whatever bruce springsteen brings in with this with this music and these masters uh, every year he is getting 30 times that amount which equals 500 million u.s dollars that's a lot (laughs) the highest price ever paid for any catalog up until this point even higher than bob dylan who may have been paid as much as $450 million last year when Universal bought his catalog, but the number has settled down to closer to $300 million. So Bruce has uh, eclipsed Dylan in this uh, these sweepstakes by almost a quarter of a billion dollars. So this is obviously a new bar that other artists are looking at and thinking, well, if we do the same, we might get close, if not even more than that. Well, it's, it's Springsteen. So one of the most iconic artists of the last 45 years. Uh, his music continues to be popular. Born in the USA, sold 30 million copies. He sells an awful lot of concert tickets when he can tour. He's always on the radio. And his music is probably generating more money than Bob Dylan. So he's a really, you know, a real special case. He owned his masters, which actually adds to the, uh, to the price of, of the sale. And uh, Sony, who purchased everything, has been his longtime music publisher. So they had their, they knew exactly what they were getting into because they've been watching his music sell uh, over the last uh, you know 45 years. And uh, he has always been a Sony-related artist. He's either been on Columbia or any other you know subsidiary level of Sony. So uh, Sony went into this knowing every bit of history, and they believe that that 500 million dollars is 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 worth it. So in saying that, what does Sony gain from this going forward? Are they anticipating that for years to come, they're going to be able to capitalize on this music, on the publishing rights to the songs, and make a ton more money? Yes. So they can license it. They can get other people to cover this music. They can find new ways to boost streaming, find new ways to boost sales. And it's a long-term play. I mean, they're not going to make their... Uh, return on investment, you know, anytime soon. They're they're looking 10, 15, 20 years out. Uh, and if they can get, you know, eight or nine percent return on on their music by doing this, it, it's pretty good. Especially when you consider that interest rates 
are really, really low. And as long as interest rates remain low, this is a good investment for for, for them. It's it's not you know going to uh, blow the doors off the world, but it's going to be steady. It's going to be reliable, and it's going to be lucrative. Alan Cross is the host of the ongoing history of new music. You can download it in your favorite podcast catcher and uh, hit that follow button so you never miss uh, an episode of that uh, great series. Um, regarding legacy, Bruce had a, a quote that he says, quote, I'm thrilled that my legacy will continue to be cared for by the company and people I know and trust, referring to Sony Music. What does this deal do to the boss's legacy? Well, uh, usually in the past, when an artist passes away, his music or her music disappears, you know, shortly thereafter. It just fades away. However, uh, with with Sony making such a big investment, it is going to be in their best interest to keep uh, Springsteen's music alive for decades, long after the boss passes off its mortal coil. So if you're an artist and you're proud of your life's work and you want it to live on after you, there's a pretty good way to do it. The other thing is that uh, it gives you, you know, half a billion dollars to do with what you what you please i mean there's some estate planning that's involved you can maybe get your way around some inheritance taxes maybe you want to try some activism that costs some money maybe there are some donations that you want to make that will cost you some money uh or maybe there are certain other experiments that you want to try uh that uh, you know now that you've got all this money up front and let's be clear this is like going to a payday loan place. Uh, Springsteen is getting all the money he would have earned uh, several decades out. This was his money. It was going to come to him. So he's just taking an advance on it, and, uh, and, and that's it. So now he's got no financial problems whatsoever and can follow his muse wherever he wants to follow it. Uh, we only got about 30 seconds here. If the boss's catalog is worth half a billion, what would, en- what would you anticipate the Beatles' catalog be worth? Oh, we can't even talk. You know, Paul McCartney is never, ever, 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 <laughs> ever going to sell because he was ripped off back in the 1960s by Alan Klein and, and some terrible things. He is never going to sell. But that's the, that's the biggest white whale of them all. I would watch uh, very closely uh, Sting. Watch Sting. Uh, his music is very, very popular, sells well, travels well worldwide, and is continually played on the radio. So... Uh, I think Sting is the next to fall. All right. Should be interesting to watch. Alan, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. welcome. That's Alan Cross, host of the Ongoing History of New Music. Catch that podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts as well. It is a fantastic series. Music lover or not, you will be entertained. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Paul and Shona joining me on the Good Morning Hamilton roundtable. Help! Help! What do you, what, what, why do you need our help? With? I was at Fortino's yesterday. Yeah, and I was there with my son, and I was looking for some face lotion slash moisturizer. Well, aren't you into the modern day? Man? Yeah. Hey, I gotta stay hydrated. Yeah. Yep, and yep. so you know, I go to the shaving section, which is you know a little thin block of products, whether it's shaving creams and razors and moisturizers and whatnot. Yeah. And there's three different ones to choose from. So I got the same one that I got the last couple times because it works and, you know, the price is okay. And you, your skin does look wonderful. It, thank you very much. You're very it's, welcome. It's glowing. And my son is like, nah, I don't, I don't really want to use that one. I want to look for a different one. So we actually went to the women's area. And because there's obviously much, way, way much more. Way, way more. 
The amount of product that is on that side of the aisle is unbelievable. I mean, there was literally four different men's face lotion. There was, I, I, uh, you know, I uh, stopped counting at 50. 50 different face lotions, creams. And the prices. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I got my lotion for like nine twenty nine, which I thought was expensive. Yeah. The one yeah. my son picked out, it was thirty two ninety nine. I'm like, we're putting that one back on the shelf. Let's try something else. So he got one for seven ninety nine, which I thought was a steal. So he's happy. I'm happy. But man... I'm looking at Shona thinking you got you have too much too much to choose from. How do you make your decisions? I know, Shona? it's crazy. <laughs> A Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> once you pick one though, I find the, the women in my life, once they've picked them, that's the one they use. I mean Well um, the <laughs> and the scent is very important as well. Yes. The scent See, is very important. You, you two are very lucky because I do not have that good fortune. Because if my wife were to see any any product that has the word new on it, oh. she's buying it. <laughs> new Twinkies, we got it. New whatever. I mean, if it says new, she's there. <laughs> exactly. Yes. New and improved oh, really does then. It. Really does it. Oh, yeah. Then she's buying two of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's exactly. You get the best of both worlds. Recent survey out of the UK. I don't, know if, I don't know if you've heard this one before. Suggested having a real Christmas tree in your bedroom could be an aphrodisiac. In your bed? I didn't why? hear that. In your bedroom? <laughs> why do you ask? <laughs> why? Yes, why is well, that? Well, this, this unscientific poll, which is no surprise, suggests the smell of pine and the shape of the tree can help set the mood. <laughs> the shape of... You want to explain? <laughs> do they explain the shape of no, the tree No, I didn't theory? get that far in the unscientific <laughs> poll. I thought, you know, I better not get myself into trouble. Yeah, here. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Who puts a Christmas tree in their bedroom? I have never, ever seen a Christmas tree in a bedroom. No. Unless your bedroom's gargantuan and you need to fill the space. Okay, but yeah. Weird. Uh, yeah, the shape thing got me because, I mean, there's... Do they there's, have light? I mean, you, there's lights on Christmas trees. Is that... Does that... Do the lights go... Obviously, the lights uh, would yeah, have to I guess go so. off. Or is that part of the aphrodisiac part? The lights, you know, a glow, a low glow. Very much so. Yes, because I'm interested. <laughs> Curiosity's killing the cat here. Well, talk about cats. You know, I mean, they love the trees, yeah. right? So, you know, it, the, the may, it may put you to sleep, but when the cat has climbed it and it topples over onto your bed, yes. this, is, this is not helping the situation. <laughs> All right. I had yes. the wrong thing there. That might I had, uh, you can tell a... I live alone, eh? <laughs> <laughs> when that I go might, to bed, uh... I actually just want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> a tree falling on your bed might put a pine cone in a place you don't want it. So let's move Here along. You go back to the shape thing again. <laughs> got to get off this topic, Rick. <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering where Shona was going with her oar. <laughs> I know. We know where you were going. 
Uh, Bruce Springsteen is going to the bank. That's where he's going. No kidding, He has eh? sold his entire music catalog to Sony Music for half a billion dollars. Doesn't he have a mo- enough money already? I would think so. Like, you you know, like, do you really, you're at his age, and you think, oh, geez, how am I going to get through retirement? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, he's 72. Yeah. I think he's good. <laughs> but now a half a billion more. Wow, that's a lot So of we're going to hear a lot of Bruce Springsteen songs on a lot of commercials. Yes, now. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Movies, the whole bit. Yeah. So, are they going to play his old stuff or his new stuff? I think everything's fair game. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think but what, ev- what do you think? What, what do you think grabs the attention of the audience more? I, me personally, I think because he is he is for an older generation. I don't know if a lot of young people go, "Oh, I love Bruce right. Springsteen yeah. and his new music." It's the old stuff that gets me. I mean, Thunder Road and Rosalita, and yeah. um, you know, even in Tenth Avenue, Freeze Out, and of course, Born to Run is his biggest, but. You know, those are the ones that grab my attention on sort of the the older ones. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Because yeah, that's in the middle now. I call I call that the middle. The middle stands the middle up. Stage, yeah. yeah. Born, born in the USA. I remember being the first song that I heard uh, Bruce Springsteen perform on the radio. I'm like, oh wow, this this is great. And then you hear about all the other. Songs he did earlier than that is, and and that those were tremendous as well. Yeah, and Glory Days, of course, was so yeah, popular oh, in fantastic that. song. Yeah, yeah. oh, that classic, classic. <laughs> it is, a, it is probably one of my favorite on the radio songs yeah. to hear at this time of year. Is Santa Claus? But, is that yeah. not maybe the best redo of a Christmas song? I mean, yeah, I think so. I can't. Uh, nothing really else comes to mind in terms of that stature and how he did it and you know the whole crowd and that yeah yeah, yeah. i went and i saw him twice in the earlier days did you really yeah i saw him twice. i was ex- i don't know how he did it because i was absolutely exhausted after both concerts <laughs> because he's on for almost four hours wow my hands were so sore from clapping and i had no voice left at all <laughs> and as you know i'm probably you as you two who work with me know i'm a kind of loud um Kind of? And I was kind (laughs) of quiet by the end of it because I couldn't. But my hands were so sore from clapping for four hours straight. I have no idea how he did it. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Was he with the E Street Band there? I don't think he was with. Oh, it was the E Street Band, eh? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, he puts on a great show. Yeah. Fantastic show. Today's Christmas movie madness matchup. Uh, We're down to the final four, by the way. It's a Wonderful Life versus National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, mull that over, and as you think about it, yesterday, A Christmas Carol obliterated Nightmare Before Christmas 87 to 13. Like, not even close. Biggest blowout. So who gets your vote today? Shona, we'll start with you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, look out. Now, why? Because you want to be part of the favorite group? Is this, <laughs> you want to be part of the, the winning side? The winning side? I, I, I don't know. We might have an upset here. I don't know. Christmas Vacation has been strong throughout the tournament. I know. I picked both of these on the last one. So did ones. I. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, although Chevy Chase is a very irritating person in real life, in these, <laughs> in these in the, you know, in Christmas Vacation, He's really good. it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So who are you voting for today? Oh, well, I guess I... I gotta go with that one. I'm gonna. I'm going with that. Christmas I'm, vacation. Christmas vacation. Yeah. 
Paul, I'm with you on All this right. one. All right. Yes. yes. I, lo- I love it. It's I a wonderful we'll, life. I think we'll lose in the overall scheme yeah. of things. Probably. But we've got to go with what we what we, what we we believe in. These two movies, as well as A Christmas Story, are the three movies I have to watch during the holidays. These are the on the must-watch list. So I'm going with Christmas Vacation this time around. Uh, who are you voting for? You can vote online at 900CHML.com. Click on the Christmas Movie Madness logo and cast your ballot. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Hockey night tonight in the Hammer Bulldogs. Pete's at First Ontario Centre, and it is a big night at the Dog Pound. And here to tell us why is Reed Duthies, the play-by-play announcer with the Hamilton Bulldogs, and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Reed. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Not too bad yourself. I couldn't be better. We've got Teddy Tots tonight. This is... One of my favorite games of the year. Once the Bulldogs score that first goal and the Bears come raining down, there's nothing quite like it, and Hamilton always knocks this one out of the park. So anyone going to the game tonight, and it's a 7 o'clock start at First Ontario Centre, uh, should be bringing a teddy bear and, I understand, a toque as well, and this is going to go to uh, less fortunate children in our community, correct? Absolutely, and the great thing that you'll get to see is is. The Bulldogs score and the teddy bears and the toques all come flying down to the rink. You'll be able to see the players get in on it, all cleaning up uh, the ice surface and getting the mountains of toys together to be donated on. It's a a beautiful tradition that the Bulldogs have started, and I've been lucky enough in my career to have called these games for both the Hamilton Bulldogs and once for the Toronto Marlies. And um, I, I... just smile ear to ear every time we do it. Yeah, it is kind of a great scene and a nice visual, and all those teddy bears and toques will go to kids in need this holiday season. There is going to be a bit of a change at First Ontario Centre starting tonight, and that is the 50% capacity limit instituted by the provincial governments to tackle the Omicron variant. What can you tell us about how First Ontario Centre is going to look tonight? You know, it's actually one of the times where playing in a big building really benefits us because it, it uh, at a 50% capacity means 8,500 for the Hamilton Bulldogs. So some of the tarps will be removed from the seats where you would usually see them. We're going to have a little bit more room on the social distancing side. So lots of room for folks to come down. They don't need to be concerned. Uh, we've got plenty of capacity at First Ontario Centre. So uh, all, all roads uh, look good for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah, and if need be, the Upper Bowl can be opened up if there is, you know, a, a big crowd on hand for a particular game. So that is great to have that flexibility at the downtown rink. Is, is there much talk about COVID, Omicron uh, amongst the players and the coaches? No, <laughs> not at all that, that I've heard of. I think uh, Logan Morrison said it best to me in that when the guys come to the rink, it's all about hockey. They, they want to do what they're here to do. Uh, they're, they're doing this to try to get to the, the National Hockey League and, and move on in their careers and their whole business once they get inside that arena. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a bit of a space where you can kind of come in and focus on the game even when the news has been up and down and you don't quite know. So it's, uh, it's always been a nice break to be at the rink. Yeah, it is an escape, but it is uh, certainly for the players an escape with a purpose as they have uh, big dreams, obviously, on their minds. Uh, tonight, it is the Dogs and the Peets, one of the best teams in the O against, well, a team that's certainly struggling this season. What's your preview of tonight's game? You know, the Peterborough Peets are a really interesting team, Rick, because they have had uh, some real big up-and-down swings so far this season. They made a couple of really smart trades 
off the beginning of the year, going and picking up overagers and Joe Carroll and Emmett Spruill. Spruill has been spectacular for them, and Joe Carroll, Hamilton fans know from the 2018 Sioux Greyhounds team, really good leader, really good shooter, and they've got Tucker Robertson in the middle, who used to be known as the other Robertson when Leafs prospect Nick was there. No, the other Robertson no more. He's one of the league leaders in scoring. These guys can put goals on the board, but what the Bulldogs have been able to do against them this season is kind of stick to Jay McKee's game plan. Get pucks in deep, work hard on those end boards, get them high to low, get to the front of the net, and the last time we saw this team, it was 10 goals on the board for the Bulldogs, and doubly good for Hamilton tonight, Nathan Steos, Snaver, and Mutter return to the lineup. We did not have them on Wednesday against the Mississauga Steelheads. That's not just two overage players, it's two assistant captains. Navarin Mutter had two goals the last time the Bulldogs played the Peets, and Nathan Steos is well on the way to setting the single-season record for Bulldogs defensive scoring. So those are two big re-additions to the lineup. It's going to be another fun night at First Ontario Centre. Get your tickets at hamiltonbulldogs.com, ticketmaster.ca. Bring your teddy bear and your toque to toss onto the ice. Reed, appreciate the time. Uh, have a great call tonight. Rick, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much, and can't wait to see the Bears on the rink. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode, and make sure you rate and review.